This I Work For Him podcast is brought to you in part by Rosedale Communications, offering author-centric literary consulting, writing, and editing services to help you capture your voice, craft your message, edit your content, and publish your completed manuscript for business or ministry online at craftingyourmessage.com. Hey there, it's producer Michael Miracle here. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast. We are your on-air resource as a workplace believer. And check out our website for tons more I Work For Him resources. We've got blogs and podcasts and reading material and all sorts of fun stuff there. Plus, a link to listen to the live show several times a day. Yep, head to the website. That's IWorkForHim.com. IWorkTheNumberForHim.com. And the listen tab's up there on the top left. Click that, then click the live link, and you can listen to us live every weekday. That's IWorkForHim.com. I work the number four him.com. And now let's go ahead and kick off what we all came here for, hearing more about connecting what we learn on Sunday with what we do in our nine to five. This is the I Work For Him podcast. Hey, we're fueling the faith and work moving five days a week right here on the station you're listening to. Don't miss a show every day. We bring lots of different approaches to helping you connect what you hear on Sunday with what you do in your nine to five. However, you're listening to us today. Just know that we've been praying for you. We pray every day that something we say here on this show will cause you to dig deeper into your faith, into connecting that sermon that you heard yesterday with what you do today, whatever that may be, because you need to realize the job that you hold, the work that you do None of that is by chance, especially the people that you work with. The people that you work with, they need to meet Jesus, and you may be their only chance. You know, we all know that if we're going to shift the paradigm of our country back to a faith in Jesus kind of nation, we need to start with the next generations. There's no question that we need our young aspiring leaders in college and newly graduated from college to realize that their workplace really is a mission field, a place of ministry. But who helps connect those dots for those people? Today we start the show with Ray Strickland, co-founder and president of Co-Passion out of Jacksonville, Florida, the first coast. Ray Strickland, welcome to I Work For Him. Thanks, Jim. It's great to be here with you. Now, we're excited to hear more about Co-Passion, but before we do that, Ray, always love for our listening audience to hear faith stories. How did you become a follower of Jesus? Well, yeah, it's pretty exciting. I, I, my parents, uh, they separated when I was about seven years old, and my mom, she started going back to church, actually in Ocala, Florida. There's a small PCA church there called Grace Press. At the time, it was a, it was a large, thriving uh, church, and uh, my, my mother wanted to join the church, and the elders wanted to come by and get to hear her story and her testimony. And so I was visiting my mom on that Wednesday evening, and I was outside cutting the bushes and doing some yard work. And the men came over, and uh, they came inside. I figured, you know what, I should probably go in and check on my mom. And so I did, and I sat down, and they were talking about Jesus. And it was really the first time I remember someone uh, you know, communicating to me how I could be, uh, my sins could be forgiven and how I could have a relationship with God. And it was Mr. Osley. Mr. Osley was a construction owner down there at an Osley Construction. And uh, he was the elder of the church, and he just turned to me and said, hey, what do you think about all this? And I said, it sounds great. And he asked me, well, you feel like, you know, Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart, you know, to let um, him into your life? And I said, absolutely. My heart was racing. When he asked me that question, I knew that uh, Jesus was knocking on my heart. 
And, uh, and so he led me through an op- a way to, to receive Christ through praying, and, and that's how my relationship with him began. That's fantastic. I love that. I love that. Where did the local visitation go? Because it, so many times people come visit churches and there's no follow-up. Well, how fantastic was that? Because of that follow-up. Now, was your mom already a Christ follower at the time? Yes, she was. Uh-huh. She, but you weren't. And how cool is those guys were sent to minister to your mom, but God had a backdoor plan to bring you into the <laughs> kingdom. I love that. All right, so let's yep. dig into co-passion. As a co-founder, Ray, where did yep. the idea of co-passion come from? Well, it really came from 10 years uh, of living life and, um, and trying to live out my faith at work. Um, so m- when Melissa and I, when we got married, we thought we were going to the mission field. And within about a year and a half, the Lord closed those doors, and we knew whatever we do, wherever we go, we can make disciples. That's what we taught, uh, were taught from our campus ministry times with crew. And so that's what we began to do. I opened up a branch office for my father in Jacksonville. I grew a very, uh, very nice-sized uh, group benefits business up here. And, and Melissa taught biology uh, for seventh grade and also for, for Florida Virtual School. And uh, But it was during about – after about two or three years, uh, our friend Scott Moffat, who's on staff with Campus Crusade now down at University of Florida – he invited us to come back and serve with him and, and work with college students at UNF right here in Jacksonville. And uh, it was during that time, we, we served for about seven years as volunteers, and we were asked from Campus Crusade to be the first volunteer directors of a campus in the southeast area. And over seven years, we were, we were working in the marketplace and also doing campus ministry as volunteers. Uh, and we saw a lot of these, uh, a lot of gaps between the whole faith and work uh, conversation. We God burdened our hearts for reaching college students, and but seeing that they were really challenged with uh, when they graduated, how they were going to actually live out their faith and their calling. Um, and uh, we were challenged personally. I didn't know of any books like Every Good Endeavor and, and um, all these other faith and work movements. I don't, I wasn't, you know, really privy to those. I wasn't, I didn't know about them. And so when uh, we just we just we experienced that divide as we were trying to bring those two worlds together in our lives in our marriage, uh, and so that burden that got put on our heart um, that there's all these gaps that need to be filled, and then the heart for reaching more college students that was really what birthed um, the need uh, for compassion. Well, so then talk about what the mission is of compassion. Yeah, you oh, know, and you said yeah. you said co-passion. Is it co-passion or co-passion or is it co-passion? What is it? <laughs> it's it's co-passion. It's integrating faith and work. Um, it's okay. your, your 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 passionate relationship with the Lord, and then your your call your occupational calling. It's really helping those two worlds to come together. Your primary calling, which is to know Christ and to make Him known. And it's your secondary calling, it's your occupation, uh, occupational calling. Of course, we have multiple callings in our life, but we really focus in on your occupational calling. Well, we have multiple callings in our life, and yet one mission. Jesus handed out that mission to, to teach the world what he said and make disciples uh, and to teach them the good news that he brought. But it comes in different flavors as our life goes on. So it says on your website... Integrate faith and works so the world changes, transforming college students into Christ-centered leaders. All right, so how are you teaching? First of all, how are you getting access to college students, and how are you teaching them to integrate their faith in the work? Because it is something that many of them, that is a whole new idea. It is. It's, it's a lot. It's challenging. It's, re- it's really difficult. I mean, that's our mission is to transform college students into Christ-centered leaders. 
And our goal is to see gains happen in their life, where they're growing not just spiritually, but they're growing professionally. Um, they're connecting their faith and their life together. Um, but what we want to see is we want to see that they're having gains, that they're growing in their understanding of their of how their primary calling and their secondary calling match, how they come together in that one life, that one integrated life. Um, so it, it happens in a lot of different ways. Um, but the idea that integrating faith and work so the world changes, I, I think what we believe is that if you segregate, you negate. Okay, you, neg- you negate the full influence and the power of the gospel. The gospel is meant to be in every facet of our lives and our work. And um, what we believe is that separation is the enemy. It's being separated from fellowship with the Lord, being separated from, from other believers in the workplace, or separating ourselves from other people, and then separation, actually separating our faith from a work. That's the enemy that keeps, uh, that, that Satan actually uses to, to keep uh, the movement from moving forward. So, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the big aspect of it. But actually, how do we do it? Um, we have a, a really a simple three-step plan. We invite we invest and we integrate. Well, okay, so we invite, we invest, and we integrate. So I get the invite thing. You got to invite people. Hey, we're teaching something cool here. Uh, we'd love to be able to tell you about it. I, I get the invest. That's the discipleship part. But integrate. I mean, that is something that people who have been Christ followers for decades are still trying to figure out because they're not hearing many sermons on this. So how are you teaching them to integrate their faith and their work? Yeah, what, what, so what give me, give me, give me one example. Just give me an example. Well, the, well, we have a, an acronym that for integration. We have a whole set of programs that we offer. Um, we call it it's VMail. It, can, it has uh, volunteer opportunities, mentoring. We have an apprenticeship in research and development right now. We have an internship program, and we have a leadership program. And so what in the integration part, the biggest way that we help students integrate faith and work is connecting them to a spiritual mentor, a uh, what we call a marketplace disciple maker. And a spiritual mentor is we, we connect a student in, from their major in their field with another believer in the marketplace who's a member of a local church that we partner with, where they can disciple them specifically in that field and pass on that knowledge, those relationships, and how they walk with the Lord in that field so they can move forward on the mission. So we kind of remove some of the challenges about getting started in the workplace and some of those ideas so that they can really focus on integrating their faith in the work and not worry so much about the paycheck, not worry so much about how are they going to make it through those next few years after they graduate college. They can okay. really connect, focus on their faith. Ray, let me just ask you this question. Let's just step back for a second. We, we've just talked about mm-hmm. the fact that co-passion is all about inviting, in, in, uh, inviting, oh my gosh, investing. Sorry, I had to look at my handwriting. I apologize. Investing, integrating. And you have this whole V-mail idea behind it. But if we, if college students who are Jesus followers don't get your training, what kind of a worldview do they end up with when they go out to get a job? Well, yeah, well, they have a, they have a divided worldview. And I know it's part of uh, the ministry provides that sacred, secular uh, viewpoint. What they do is they, they look at people that are involved with, with ministry or co-passion or even your radio program, and they see that those are special people. Those are those uniquely, you know, they are doing God's work, right? They're, 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 they're different. And the rest of us, you know, we just don't have that gifting or calling or passion. Uh, and so they kind of live through life, uh, I would say, a little bit defeated, um, with a little bit of, um, you know, just a, an unconnect, unintegrated life. I mean, I know that's repeated words, but 
they're missing out on the what I would you know would call the the adventurous Christian life. They're they're, they're missing out on, on all the, the fullness of, of what Christ actually uh, came here for. That we've experienced the fullness of life in Him and everything that we do. And so they're, they're really they are they're missing out um, on um, life to the fullest. Um, yeah. Wow. Okay. So when they. So they're, they're, they're dealing with the sacred-secular divide, which is something that, I mean, did you struggle with that? I mean, you came to Christ oh, as yeah. a seven-year-old, but did who told you that those things need to be connected? Did you have a mentor in your life that said, hey, Ray, you and Melissa, come on, you guys got to understand that your workplace is a mission field. Who discipled you? Well, it's interesting. I would say that was what, you know, what we were lacking. In fact, we had that same worldview. I wasn't any different than uh, what, what you describe as a college student who doesn't have that worldview. So I got, I graduated thinking, well, I mean, I did have, I, the one thing I would say is that my campus pastor did say, whatever you do, wherever you go, you can make disciples. But it really didn't, I didn't understand that my work was, could be worship, that I could actually be, I could really have a, a true um, plan for ministry at my workplace and, and know how to, there was no one really walking you through it, that's for sure. And what, not for me personally. And that's, that's part of the reason why Co-Passion exists for sure, because we wanted that for ourselves, and we know that others are looking for that help as well. <laughs> you know, we developed this thing called the I Work For Him Nation Pledge, which is or it's a covenant, excuse me. And that was all based on my experiences as my eyes were opened up just a little over 12 years ago to the idea that my workplace could be a mission place. At 40 years old, I'd been a Christ follower for 27 years, and I'd been taught exactly the opposite. But when I realized, because God prompted me and then God sent people in my life, when I started praying for the people I worked alongside, it started to shift my paradigm forever. And then I looked for ways to serve them and befriend them outside of the workplace. I looked for ways to pray with them, but all along being a person of excellence, but taking advantage of every opportunity to then be a discipler was just amazing. My whole mind shift changes when I realized, wow, I could be a pastor as a, as a manager, it was an amazing right. mind shift. And get paid to do it. <laughs> right, exactly. Somebody paying me to be, a, be on a mission at my own workplace. All right, so right. how many college campuses are you working on? Is it just UNF right now, University of North Florida? It is. We're, we're starting off here. This is, uh, and, and we invite others that are part of FSCJ, JU, Edward Waters, uh, even like you know, University of Phoenix. Or, uh, yeah, so we're open to the whole city. Our, our philosophy is really more citywide, but okay. UNF is our main focus. All right, but if so, let me. Just, the reason I ask this question is because we have listeners that listen all over the place. They're, of course, they're going to listen in Tampa. They're listening in St. Augustine, Folkestone, Georgia. Then they're going to be listening on iHeartRadio across the country. People are going to want to know. Okay, Ray Strickland, you have developed this thing called Co-Passion to help college students integrate their faith in the work so they can change their world. Can you, if somebody called you from Oregon? Would you be willing to train them if they're on the University of Oregon campus, or maybe it's the University of Southern California, or or maybe it's in, in Minneapolis, the University of Minnesota, wherever it may be? Are you willing to help them understand this this investment that they're making in college students? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, our vision uh, that the Lord's given us is to be in every metropolitan city in the United States with a major university attached to it. And so the, what happens is the metropolitan city has enough of the workforce opportunities and the mentors connected to that university. And, yeah, so we're, we're, we're ready to do it. We're ready to move. And um, we, the Lord has allowed us to build some of that infrastructure we need in place to bring on staff members, to provide resources. And, yeah, we're ready to go. What, what do you say, what's the biggest need that our college students are seeking today? Or, or what you see as you work with college students, what, what are their biggest needs? 
Well, I would say, I mean, obviously, spiritually, we all need to see that God loves us, and we, that Jesus Christ, uh, He died so that we could have a love relationship with Him. I think they need to see that the Christian life is about walking in a love relationship with Him through a personal relationship with Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit. That's foundation. That's core. Secondarily, I think what students need um, after that, which is very critical, is understanding their purpose. Why did God make me? Who did he make me? What are the talents? Uh, we have this little uh, clarifying your calling worksheet on our website, and it really helps them begin to think through, okay, how did I come to Christ? What were the circumstances surrounding it? What are the talents? What are the gifts that God's given me? What are the resources, financial and intellectual? And then lastly, what are the, what's the relationship? What's the network that God has already put in my life that I can start walking out my how God's made me, because as Ephesians 2.10 says, that we are created, we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, for good works to walk through, walk into, as God's already prepared them for us. So purpose, and that's the big driving issue for millennials and so forth today, is purpose, 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 purpose. What's my purpose? We're talking with Ray Strickland today from Co-Passion, who's operating right now on the University of North Florida campus, but they want to explode this ministry to college students, helping them integrate their faith and their work. Check them out online at copassion.org, copassion.org. You can check them out on our website and Actually, they'll be on the website link. We'll come up with the podcast in the next couple of days. But on Facebook, we have a link already out there to get linked to Copassion. Ray, where I was getting with the last question, and, and I probably should have been more specific, was I saw that you had a tab on your website called Mentors. And, and what I've seen in, these, in the college kids today and the ones graduating, we call them the millennials and the exennials as they're trying to rename themselves. They desperately need people to feed into, the, into their lives, disciplers, mentors. They need people to walk alongside of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. Mentoring is, the, is probably the most important thing we can do. And uh, it is a slice of, I call, we call it it's a slice of, this, of the discipleship pie. But mentoring, they really need us. They need they need this um, the generation that's gone before them, even maybe two generations, to give back, to turn back, to reach back, and say, you know what, I want to help this next generation. And you know what, I'm not going to wait for them to come to me, but by God's grace, as a shepherd, I'm going to go back and and seek out college students and love them and help them through this uh, this transition in their life. Now, how do you connect college students with mentors right now? How do you do that? Really simple. You just go to our website and uh, you apply. Uh, you fill out, it's, a, it's a simple form online that you apply. We'll get that information. We'll give you a call, meet up with you one on one. We'd love to go through what the mentoring program is like. Um, we also have a big breakfast that's coming up. That would be a good intro um, or an entree to the, to the ministry. Yeah, you just fill out the application and we'll connect with you and uh, show you how it works. It's really easy. It's, uh, the minimum requirement is just to meet with uh, a student four times. Uh, over about an hour and a half meeting, we've created a guidebook that makes it super easy to walk through it. Um, yeah, and so we're and just, do, we just want to make yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you need more mentors? Do you have enough at UNF right now? <laughs> we our if we could say what our goal is, yeah, we need more mentors. We would love to have sixteen thousand mentors in Jacksonville to match the sixteen thousand students. So we want to see a one to one ratio raised up in Jacksonville to reach every student for Christ. Well, in just Jacksonville proper, you got a million, well, in the whole city, it's a big city, a million people. Plus, you got this show is reaching out to the, the whole first coast. So, from southern Georgia to all the way down to, to um, 
uh, St. Augustine. So you need more mentors. And, and that's something I've seen. It's just a huge, huge need. But I also noticed on your website, you mentioned something about helping companies connect them to students that have gone through your program. How do you do that? Right. So what we, we partner with companies, uh, they can provide internship opportunities and, you know, and also volunteering specific to a student's field of study, depending on what they're, what they study in school. So we have volunteer opportunities and internship. And even on our website, we have a way for, uh, companies that we, we have, we're very selective, but we're looking for kingdom advancing companies where they can sign up. It's at no cost to them and they create a profile and they can post a job description and we'll send valued centered students their way to check out working for their organization first uh, ray this is a phenomenal conversation i look forward to the next time we bring you on i want to hear from some college students that maybe have graduated and have gone through the program and the impact it's making on their lives but ray strickland with co-passion found online at copassion.org thanks for being on i work for him this afternoon love it We'll do it again, I promise. All right, check them out online at copassion.org. Can you imagine your life, your experience in the workplace being fed into the life of a college student? You don't have to be on the first coast to take advantage of this. This can be done in college universities across the country. Get in touch with Ray Strickland, copassion.org. As we talk today, just about a couple of ministries that are focused on mentoring and discipleship there on the first coast. We just finished the conversation with Ray Strickland from Copassion. What an, a fantastic fantastic organization that is just discipling and mentoring uh, Christ-following college students on the campuses of, of colleges around the country. But right now they're focused on the UNF in Jacksonville, but that's a ministry that can be multiplied all over the country. Now we're going to shift over our focus to the C12 group. Now you've heard me talk about the C12 group many times on the show. It is a ministry that mentors and disciples Christ-following business owners and leaders all over the country. And I wanted to give you a little Jacksonville First Coast style. And I know I say Jacksonville. I know many of you that live in St. Augustine and Folkestone, Georgia, and all around the First Coast. You're, you're like, I'm tired of hearing about Jacksonville. It's it, it's the First Coast. And I'm learning that. That's a new thing for me. But I wanted you to hear about C12 from the perspective of Bob Shallow right there on the First Coast. Bob Shallow, welcome to I Work For Him. Thank you, Jim. Great to be here. Excited to have you on there. Bob, why don't you share with our audience, just to start off, how did you become a Christ follower? Actually, uh, it was uh, when I was a child. Uh, our family would go to a uh, kind of a Christian family camp once a year uh, up in Canada. We lived up in the Detroit area at that particular point in time. And uh, I can uh, very vividly uh, remember, you know, my mom and my sister at the dinner table sharing the gospel, sharing what Christ is all about, and uh, very vividly remember, I just didn't get it. And uh, when I was nine, we uh, we went up to uh, this family camp up in Canada again, and at the uh, end of it, the youth director uh, gave a very, very clear uh, gospel presentation, and it was at that point in time everything clicked, everything made sense, and uh, I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior, and uh, gave my life over to Him. Now, take that down the road. Was there ever a time in your, well, in growing up where you started walking away from your faith, or were you able to hold on steady through high school and those college years? I always held strong to my faith. Uh, Like most Christians, I certainly had... uh, seasons where I was working, uh, walking closer and seasons where uh, maybe not walking as close. And uh, certainly college, I, uh, uh, even though I, I still held on to my faith, uh, uh, still had a, uh, 
you know, strong relationship daily with uh, Jesus Christ, but uh, did some things that uh, probably shouldn't have done and that type of thing. But uh, there really wasn't a time where I, um, you know, walked away from that or uh, uh, really started to question it, uh, you know, throughout the 45 years that I've, uh, since I've accepted Christ, uh, I have always been very, very uh, steadfast in my faith. I love that. All right, so let's step down the road. Why did you become a C12 chair? Well, that one was interesting. I was—I uh, spent 28 years in corporate America, uh, worked for some Fortune 500 companies, and uh, uh, about four years ago, I was the uh, vice president at a Fortune 500 company. And uh, at this particular company, uh, succession plan was in place. I was going to be the next president. And uh, so everything seemed to be making sense, and then uh, a curveball kind of got thrown in there to where all of a sudden uh, they decided to make a change. They were bringing somebody else to be president, and I started to do a lot of soul-searching around, you know, what did God have planned here? And uh, uh, my wife, you know, said, you know, you have a lot of great tools. You have this big toolbox. Why don't you go be a management consultant? Uh, I said I didn't really think that's where God was leading. And uh, we really started to pray diligently for, you know, God, what are you doing and what do you want next? And it was probably about two months after that that uh, for the very first time I'd heard of C12 and uh, this interesting 28-year corporate career that God had given me really started to make sense uh, because I was very, very active in the business growth aspect of all of the companies that I worked for and uh, had a real passion for that. Uh, but obviously had a uh, passion for the Lord as well. And when I saw C12, realized that I could bring those two passions together by helping build great businesses for a greater purpose. <laughs> okay. So C12, and you just gave away its tagline, building great businesses for a greater purpose. And, and I would say kingdom purposes. C12 is, there, there's lots of roundtable discussion groups out there that are focused on helping Christian business owners and leaders connect their faith and their work. I want to talk specifically about how C12, you know, they, they've got a unique approach, and I love it. So talk to me about what does C12 Group offer its members? I mean, what, what are you delivering? How do, what do people get from being part of a C12 Group? So you, you obviously get what uh, many other roundtable groups give you, which is uh, that peer advisory format where you get to uh, spend uh, a day with your peers, and if you have any sort of issues or struggles, uh, you can leverage you know, their Holy Spirit-led experiential uh, advice to help you there. Where we differ is uh, we also have a nine-year MBA-like curriculum uh, of both building business through biblical perspective, um, but also flowing ministry through your business. And so, uh, you know, that curriculum is unique. There isn't any other uh, roundtable organization, secular or uh, faith-based, that really has uh, the quality of curriculum that we have. And then, again, just kind of our hearts. Um, there's a lot of faith-based in particular roundtables out there that are really about building business from a biblical perspective, and that is great. And as a Christian business owner, you absolutely should be trying to learn how to do that. Our uniqueness is we then want to take it one step further, which is um, now that you have this this great business that we're building, uh, you have just a tremendous platform for ministry. 
And right. as a business owner, if you think about the number of people you touch, uh, it's just this tremendous opportunity to really advance the kingdom uh, through your business. Well, and it's true, Bob, as we've mentioned, there's there's lots of Christ-centered business roundtable discussion groups. The good news is that there's lots of Christ-following business owners there in the First Coast area, the Jacksonville, St. Augustine area, that want and need to be discipled, and they're looking for this kind of input from people. What do you see as one of the biggest you know, I want to make sure I reintroduce you again. We're talking with Bob Shallow from the C12 group. He's the C12 chair. The the what, what do you call this stuff? The the head chair there in Jacksonville. Do you, do you have a, like a super title or anything, Bob? <laughs> Managing chair. Managing chair in the Jacksonville First Coast area. All right. So, Bob, what do you see that most Christ-following business owners are struggling with? That that C12 group is helping mm, teach. Um. First off, the you know how to grow how to grow good, strong, sustainable business. Uh, most entrepreneurs uh, have a lot of passion for whatever it is they're going into, and uh, they have a lot of energy and uh, a lot of excitement, and that carries them for you know three or four years. Uh, but when that starts to wear off, they better understand how do you build a good, sustainable business. And uh, uh, again, that uh, nine-year MBA-like curriculum that we have does a, a phenomenal job of really helping lay down the fundamentals of how to build a, a good, strong business. Um, the second piece that they struggle with, especially Christian business owners, uh, is almost all of them have this heart of, you know, God has given me this business and all this resource. I really should be doing something for him with it. How do I do that? And uh, that is where we are best in the country at being able to come alongside a business owner and really show, here are the things that you can do. And, uh, you know, starting with baby steps all the way up to really flowing tremendous amount of, uh, of ministry and uh, uh, the gospel through their business. And, uh, you know, we see an average C12 member, we'll see four to seven people come to know Christ as Lord and Savior because of the things that we help them uh, implement inside their business. So when you, I mean, you're, you're helping round out that, that Christ-following business owner and leader. So you're, you're teaching them how to grow a strong business, how to connect their faith in the work. But don't you also uh, speak to them personally about their, their personal relationships and, and how to make sure those don't get compromised because they're pursuing a business? Absolutely. One of the things that we're very intentional about is uh, a life in order or a balanced life. And so uh, we actually start every single meeting with something we call the balance wheel, uh, where we're asking every member, you know, how are you doing as far as your marriage, your family, your business, your personal uh, walk with the Lord? Uh, We have eight areas, uh, uh, health and recreation, uh, fun and recreation, those types of things. And so we want to start every meeting out knowing, one, you know, are we leading a balanced life? And if not, how can we pray for each other? And uh, I do meet with each of the members for 90 minutes each month, and uh, frequently a lot of that discussion uh, isn't always about uh, business and growing the business. A lot of the times it is, uh, you know, I'm watching to say, you know, I think this is an area that uh, uh, you're not doing as well as you could in, or, you know, how are things uh, uh, with your spouse, and, uh, you know, how much time did you spend with your family last week? And I'm always looking for kind of those, you know, key phrases to kind of get a sense for, you know, their their 
too focused on the business and not focused nearly enough on the priorities that, that you know, the Bible teaches us, but we also reinforce, which is God, spouse, family, others, and then your business. And uh, that is how you live a uh, godly business owner intentional life. Well, isn't it true that as most business people struggle with that priority level, not not just Christian business people, but most business people struggle with keeping their life in order. I mean, because we get excited about business. I don't know about what you were like in those 28 years you were in industry, but, you know, as a guy, I like to work. I like business. How do you, what's one thing you feed into people to help them keep from becoming a marriage-destroying person that loves their work? And this just comes from personal experience, because, yes, when I was in corporate America, uh, you know, I, it would have been very easy for me to be working 18 hours a day, seven days a week, and really enjoying it and uh, having a lot of fun doing that. And so even in my corporate life, those that worked for me, um, you know, I talked a lot about setting boundaries, uh, because, again, it's, it's there's always a crisis, no matter you know what size of business you have. There's always something uh, that needs your attention, and so for me, you know, I had a very set time that I would go in in the morning, um, and then I had a set time, and it was 5:30, 5:30 every evening. It, you know, I worked for Ford Motor Company, where there were people that said, you know, if you do that, that's going to be real career limiting. But uh, everybody I worked for there knew when 5:30 comes around. I'm going home to be home by 6 o'clock to have dinner with my family and spend family time. Lots more coming up with Bob Shallow with the C12 Group. You can check them out online. It used to be C12Jax.com, but they realized that the first coast is so much bigger than Jacksonville. You can now check them out online at C12NE, like Northeast, FL, Florida, NEFL.com, NEFL.com. Bob, you're not trying to start a new football league. You're just trying to identify with the Northeast Florida. (laughs) Absolutely, yep. <laughs> All right, okay. All right, so we were talking, and I apologize for interrupting you, but, you know, money calls. Yep. You, have to do the, you have to do the money break. So talk to me about So at 5.30, your people knew that at 5.30 you were going home because you were trying to keep your family, your, your wife, your kids a priority. Now, how do you instill that into your members? Because that, if there's one thing I have seen very consistently is that Christian business owners and leaders really struggle, and I being the top of the list, struggle with not working so much. It feels like I'm always working. How do you help your C12 members to not destroy what's going on at home? And that's another big, huge advantage of a a roundtable group, and it's that accountability piece. And uh, as we come together one day each month, and again, we start out with that balance wheel, um, we're looking for, you know, is, is Jeff over there, um, are we starting to sense that, uh, you know, he's getting way too caught up in the business and uh, not uh, necessarily doing due diligence in the other areas? And uh, so that peer accountability is huge. Uh, and then the touch point that I have each month. And then just kind of, it's just like anything in business. You're never going to change behavior by just telling them once, hey, you need to do this. There has to be that uh, constant reinforcement and constant accountability. Uh, and that's one of the things that uh, the group brings. In fact, uh, a really cool story is uh, uh, one of our large business owners, a billion-dollar company at the time, uh, was giving what we call our core business presentation. And, well, why don't you explain uh, what that is? Explain what that is really quick. 
So the core business presentation is where uh, one uh, meeting each month, uh, a member will go very, very deep into the business in order to help the other members around the table really understand the business, uh, and then also uh, to give advice on any of any key issues that they might have that they would like to get uh, a deeper dive uh, look at and the counsel of the people around the table. And so this larger member was, you know, going through it, and he, he was talking about how market share was up, sales were up, revenue was up, life was going great. And uh, the smaller business owner, in fact, it was a lawn care company, relatively small uh, business, said, you know, hey, Dave, that, that's great. And it's great that your business is doing so well. But what I'd like to know is how much time did you spend with your family last week? When was the last time that you went on a date night with your wife? And this particular member who's been a member for almost 25 years now points back at that. It was almost 25 years ago as a real key point uh, in his career because business, he had it, and it was going the way it was supposed to, but where he didn't have it was on that balanced life. And so it it takes reinforcement from me, but uh, the reinforcement from the peers around the table and really holding each other accountable to do excellent business, but to do it in, in the, the life that's in order and a balanced life. We're talking about Bob Shallow from the C12 Group. You can check it out in your area at c12group.com. In Northeast Florida, it would be c12nefl.com or in Tampa Bay, c12tampabay.com. Check them out. If you are a business owner or leader, this is a group you should check out. There are many groups out there. C12 was one of them, and I love C12 because what I consistently see from members of C12 is that they consistently become generous people who have learned how to put their their life in order, and we've interviewed many of them on the show. So I would just recommend that you check it out. Talk to me about the peer advisory part of the C12 thing because as I hear it, it is, as you said, the round table format really gives that small that small business owner or that any business owner or leader that... You, you, you talk at advisory, but it's almost like having your own board of directors that is going to help straighten you out, whack you upside the head with a two-by-four if you're screwing up, that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, one of the things that we say a lot is it's lonely at the top, and uh, any business owner has felt that, that, uh, you know, as they're running the business, uh, they really don't have a lot of places that they can go in order to get advice. In fact, when I was doing uh, my due diligence uh to becoming a C12 chair, they had me uh, visit a, a group, and uh, uh, it was during open table time when, when you know, something came up, and it, it really struck me when one of the members said, you know, the reason this is so valuable to me is because, you know, I have my small group at church, and I have my Sunday school class. I have those groups. They're Christians, but they're not business owners. And so when I come in and start talking about the things that are, you know, weighing heavy on me, they don't understand it. Here, they all understand it. They've all gone through the same thing. And so that peer advisory piece is where they can bring in any sort of issue. It can be business, it can be personal, it can be spiritual, uh, it can be marriage, family, whatever they're looking for uh, wise counsel on. And what's really, what was interesting for me is I've been in a lot of, of those types of groups and this day, it was so much different because it wasn't just experiential advice. It was Holy Spirit-led in the love of Christ experiential advice. And you could really tell that these people 
loved each other and really wanted to help each other build their businesses. And then you combine the amount of experience around the table. There was over 250 years of business experience around that particular table. So it is uh, an incredibly powerful aspect of what we do. In fact, almost every roundtable organization out there uh, will be able to claim that uh, their members outperform their their peer companies three to one in both revenue generation and profits. And it's because you're able to leverage the experience of not just yourself, but 11 other uh, business owners. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Okay. So, Let's just talk about the C12 members. You've got some openings in some of your C12 groups there on the first coast, right? That is correct. Yep, we're uh, we're in a real growth mode, and we've brought a uh, couple of new chairs in uh, who are uh, building up their groups. And so we uh, we just started a group on the south side. Uh, we're Vaughn Robinson, who uh, uh, captain in the army, uh, master's degree from Notre Dame, undergrad from Vanderbilt, uh, built two or three uh, good-sized businesses, sold one to a Fortune 500 company, uh, real heart for building great businesses for a greater purpose. So he's uh, up and running. He's got uh, four members in that particular group. And then uh, we also brought uh, Brett Kirkland in, who uh, had spent uh, some time with Marketplace Chaplains as a regional director for this area, uh, ran a very large nonprofit, uh, has both a uh, undergrad in business and an MBA, and again, just this heart for advancing the kingdom through the marketplace. And so, he is so who is the perfect member? Who's the perfect I'm member? Sorry. Who is the perfect C12 group member? I'll be honest. I don't know that there's a perfect member. Um, what we're certainly looking for are, are those people that uh, uh, want to learn how to build a great business, but really have a heart for and understand that God has given them this resource and they want to use that resource to advance his kingdom. Um, and so, you know, we have 2,000 members across the country, and I don't know that there's anyone where I can point and say, man, they are just the, uh, the perfect person for C12. But uh, certainly a uh, strong desire to, uh, to build the, the business, but ultimately to build that business so that they can advance the kingdom. So how do the people can get a hold of you on your website, C12 Northeast florida c12nefl.com but maybe there's a phone number you want to give out in case people want to call you because they don't want to look up the website absolutely uh 904-772-4542 and uh, uh we would love to start the conversation to uh, kind of see what you're doing and uh take a look at what we're doing and see if there's a match there 904-772-4542. All right, Bob Shallow with the C12 Group. Let me ask this last question for you. What is it that you want most for the members of your C12 groups? Uh, I want them to grow closer to the Lord, and I have a real passion for abiding in Christ. And uh, my uh, real goal for them is that uh, they will... Uh, gain a deeper walk with the Lord because of what they get out of C12 and the time that they're, uh, they're with me. <laughs> I love that. What a, what a great answer. Uh, and, and it is what our desire is that I work for him is that everybody listening would, would be able to do a better job of connecting what they hear on Sunday with what they do in their nine to five and be able to put our faith into action. Bob, in 20 seconds, talk to us about how all of this has impacted your own personal relationship with the Lord being involved in the C12 group. 
Again, I was in corporate America for 28 years, and uh, I blew it because I did not use the influence that I had there to advance the kingdom as I should, and uh, C12 has really poured into me what it looks like to do that, and uh, I want to pass that on to uh, business owners. Bob Shallow with the C12 Group there in Northeast Florida. Thanks, Bob, for being on I Work For Him today. Yep, thank you, Jim. Check them out online at c12nefl.com, c12nefl.com. It's important. We work hard. We play hard, but we need to pray harder. Let's intentionally introduce those we work with and live with to the freedom we have in Jesus. They need to hear about it. It's about saying every day, I work for him.